This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here today. And uh, before we even go into the Word, uh, we have something very special that we want to do today. Uh, Fifteen years ago, the Lord spoke to me about developing a healing ministry network. And with Dr. Kennedy, my senior pastor, Dr. Sandra G. Kennedy, uh, I took the concept to her, and we didn't believe now was the time to do it. For 15 years, I kept that model, the program, written out and in my desk drawer. La January was a year ago, the Lord spoke to me and said, Now. See, being in God's timing is so important. We get in an anxious rush, and we try to jump ahead of God. But God has a perfect timing for everything. And so we established the Healing Ministry Network. And uh, I am so delighted, excited, and honored that Church of the Harvest has agreed to be a part of this awesome network so we can expand the kingdom of God across this nation. Come on now. And tell people that Jesus Christ is the healer. Can we say amen to that? So this morning I want to invite Pastor Bob, Pastor Ellen, right? And Rob and Shauna, if you'll come forth. I want to commission the church, Reverend Joanne, if you'll come back. And we have another special guest this morning who's also being uh, certified today. And that's Agnes Davis from Tupelo, Mississippi. There are others of you here who are preparing to be a part of this ministry. And at this time, I'd just like for you to stand and let's acknowledge you. Look at that. Y'all give them a hand. Encourage them. First to the church. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of all Christian ministry. Everything we do is to bring praise, honor, and glory unto him. God is not a God of confusion. God is a God of order. God gives us not rules, so to speak, but he gives us guidelines and directions. And this has always been my stance. If you'll do things God's way, you will get God's results. Amen. And you have chosen to come under the leadership of this network, the covering of the network, and you have adhered to our guidelines and our provisions, and we're thankful for that. So on behalf of Dr. Sandra Kennedy and myself and our home church, Whole Life Ministries, it is such an honor and a privilege to pray Present this morning Church of the Harvest Healing Ministry with this certificate of uh, certification and commissioning to the work of Jesus Christ. It says Church of the Harvest Healing Ministry has successfully fulfilled all requirements for membership in the SKM Healing Network. They are hereby granted full membership and commission to expand the kingdom of God by proclaiming the healing message of Jesus Christ. By authority and order of Sandra Kennedy Ministries on the 8th day of March 2020 signed by Dr. Kennedy and myself. So I present the certificate, and y'all stood on two sides of me, so who would like to receive? <laughs> Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. So proud of y'all. Thank you. Such an honor and such a privilege. Hey, y'all, you're welcome. 
Thank you. Now, again, we want to recognize uh, Reverend Jo Rook as she leads this ministry, and she's done it with grace and integrity. And uh, like she said about me, I know her. I know her personally. I know her professionally. I've known her for many years, and I am so delighted to be working hand in glove with her. And so, Joe, if you'll come up, I'll read your certificate. Sandra Kennedy Ministries Healing Network says that Reverend Joe Rook has successfully fulfilled all requirements for participation in the SKM Healing Network, and she is hereby commissioned to expand the, the kingdom of God by proclaiming the healing message of Jesus Christ. By order and authority of Sandra Kennedy Ministries and myself today, we can now commission you into this service. <laughs> and this one is special. This lady has been hunting me down for a very long time, saying, I want to be a part. I want to be a part. She has paid a price that many people would not be willing to pay, and it has paid off. Yes. So happy. She's so happy. We're so happy. And so we present today this certificate to Agnes Davis, who also has successfully fulfilled all requirements for participation in the SKM Healing Network. She is hereby commissioned to expand the kingdom of God by proclaiming the healing message of Jesus Christ. By authority and order of Sandra Kennedy Ministries, on this date, we present you your certification. Thank you. I know you all. God bless you. Thank y'all. Y'all give them a big hand. God is so good to us. Um, I want to throw just a couple of things. You know, you can't do anything without an advertisement. So, again, just some products out on our table. We don't make any money off of these products. Uh, this is my faithful husband of soon to be 50 years. This is Gene, if you have not met him before. Oh, y'all can do better than that. <laughs> this man's been putting up with me for over 50 years because I did know him before I married him. <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that out. Nowadays, one can't be too sure if you watch television, you know. So at any rate, nonetheless, uh, words of life for healing. Uh, Dr. Kennedy uh, teaching and quoting the healing scriptures. This message goes all over the world. We've seen so many wonderful miracles through that. Pastor Kennedy just did this teaching recently, and I'm thinking about adding it to our healing library that all of our healing team members have to listen to the teachings and uh, go through certain things and read certain books. It's a lot in the requirements, but, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. But this is a teaching she did recently called At Any Cost. Do you want to get your healing? at any cost, and I really believe you'll be blessed by that. This is mine, and uh, we take it everywhere, faith in medicine, and this is for people, to, it teaches you how to pray over your physicians, because we do work with physicians, how to pray over your medications and treatments. This is what we use to help people go through chemotherapy and radiation with no side effects. We teach people how to go through surgery, believing for, as we say, we now have five S's and two R's. Short, simple, successful, spirit-led surgery with remarkable recovery. Five S's, two R's. If you can hold on to that, you'll be able to get through surgery. We've seen God do so many miracles based on that. Here we go. 
Uh, I'm going to hold on to that for a minute. This is one that I did recently about destroying darkness, going into the kingdom of darkness and destroying its power and authority to, through the word, the blood, and the name of Jesus. Amen. Faith brings victory. I simply remind you, you get nothing from God except by faith. Amen. Because he's a faith God and he expects us to walk in faith. This one, how many of you get called to pray for people at times? And sometimes you're not really sure exactly how to pray over a situation or a circumstance. So we did this. This is what we train some of our prayer uh, partners with because we have a very active prayer ministry. We get calls from all over the world, emails from all over the world, and uh, letters. And so this is a part of our training materials, but it has things in here like how to pray for children, how to pray for a job, how to pray for healing, different things. I really think you will be blessed by that that little book. One of my personal favorites of Dr. Kennedy's, The Cleansing Healing Power of the Blood. And I could stand here all day. I won't, but I could telling you testimony after testimony about the healing power of the blood of Jesus. You know, I'm a word girl. Like Joe said, you know, I tell my people, you've got to have so much word in you that when the pressure comes and it presses on you, you ooze word. So I'm a word girl, but let me tell you this. I believe in the power of the blood because the Bible teaches us the blood of Jesus will never, ever, ever, say never, ever, lose its power. And so you will love that teaching. And this is from the Healing Center. Uh, it's a, a book of confessions. And we did these cards. That's one thing I think is a beauty about the Healing Centers uh, is that we can personalize things. If I have somebody that comes to me with heart disease or diabetes or vision problems, strength problems, we personalize things. Like this one right here is Confessions uh, for Freedom from Diabetes. And we have them on heart disease and different things as well as how to pray over your medicines and this little book we order them literally by the thousands and they go out and one thing they're cheap they're only six dollars but I think you'll be blessed by that now the healing handkerchiefs the only reason I really wanted to show this to y'all um, is because this was a vision that the Lord gave pastor years ago about the word of God being upon cloth because the anointing goes into cloth as you know and uh, the dove represents the Holy Spirit and out of his mouth is coming streamers and each streamer has a healing scripture on it we've seen God do so many things with these they come in the handkerchiefs you can get them in little bandanas they come in baby blankets stand up and let us see our miracle baby this morning there's little baby Clementine two weeks old and wrapped in her little blanket. We have uh, baby blankets. We have Afghans. But now, after 10 years, thank you, Jean. If you can believe this, we have been struggling for 10 years to find an American uh, company that would produce our sheets for us again because the Lord gave pastor a vision that people would lay upon the word, be covered over with the word, rest upon the word, and spring up healed. And so... Um, we have gone, we had them for years, and then they 
the people that have produced them, all the mills and everything in North Carolina particularly closed down, and we couldn't find them, but we now have them back. Yes, they are expensive. I'm not going to lie to you, but they cost us that much to have them made. And they are made here in the United States of top quality fabric. But the real key is we bring them into the church. We lay them out in front of the church. They are anointed with oil from Israel because that was the instruction of the Lord. And we pray over every one of them. And so they're wonderful, they're awesome, and uh, I know you'll be blessed by them. If you want to look at them, think about it and pray about it and order it later, we can do it. So now, in order to get through this two-and-a-half-hour teaching, I'm going to have to talk fast, and you're going to have to listen fast. I believe, say with me, I believe the presence of the Lord is in this place. I believe today will be my day. To release my faith and receive my blessing, my benefits, and all giftings that the Lord Jesus Christ has for me. I teach on physical healing primarily, but the Lord is interested in you, spirit, soul, and body. And the Lord spoke to me during praise and worship today, and he said, yes, there will be people here today who can receive their physical healing. Nobody's holding you back. Nobody's stopping you from it. It's a matter. Somebody reminded me earlier today that healing is simply a decision, and you just decide to believe and receive it. Amen. But the Lord said, I'm going to do some things for people today that have spiritual hurts and wounds and I'm going to do some things for people who have soulish arena injuries that's your mind your will and your emotions this is what came to me some of you have had things said to you said about you that have hurt and wounded you and you have not able been able to fully recover but by the power and authority of the word of the Lord Jesus Christ today, we decree and declare that if you will choose to lay that down, forget it and forgive it, that the Lord will heal you and you will be made whole. We pronounce the blessing of the Lord upon you right now. Shalom, shalom, shalom. There shall be nothing broken or missing in, lacking in you. And the spirit of the Lord would say, you know who you are. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He said that for a long time you have put up a false face, that you have walked about as though nothing were wrong. You don't want the world to see what you hide behind that face and that you are hurting, you're wounded, you feel dejected, and you feel rejected. But God himself today is to bring that healing to you if you will believe and receive it right now in the name of God. Jesus. Somebody in here, I don't know who you are, but you just felt something lift off your back like that. A burden and a weight that you've been carrying. And you know that the power of that thing is broken off your life and you've just been set free. And if you want to jump up and praise God and say, thank you, Jesus, that's fine. If you want to keep it private, that's fine. But I know God is moving. I don't know what it is about this church, but when I've been here before and it's the same day, this area right over here, Jesus likes this section. I'm telling you y'all and um, 
And I believe God's moving. So now again, that wasn't in my notes, but I'll do what God tells me to do. I want to talk to you today. We're going to, I think a good place to start is in the beginning. So we're going to go back to the book of Genesis this morning. All the way back to the garden. And we're going to start out in Genesis section and chapter 2. And we're going to talk a little bit about Adam and Eve and how they got into the mess they got into and how they got out of the mess they got into and what does it mean for me and you. Amen? So back in Genesis chapter 2, I'm just going to paraphrase a little bit of this, uh, starting in verse 7. It says, God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. God planted a garden, interesting terminology, God planted a garden in Eden, and there put the man he had formed. God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Verse 15, And God put the man in the garden to dress it and keep it. And God commanded of every tree freely eat except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Thou shalt not eat of it. The day thou eats thereof, thou shalt surely die. And then God had made woman and brought her to man as a helpmate. And they were naked and they were not ashamed. Over in Genesis chapter 3. And then along comes the serpent. Oh my Lord. Here comes the serpent more cunning than any beast in the field. And he said to the woman. Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Listen carefully to the answer. The woman said... We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree in the midst of the garden, God said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent responds, you will not surely die. For God knows that the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And the woman saw the tree was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, say, uh-oh, Pleasant to the eyes, desirable to make one wise. And she took fruit and ate, gave it to her husband, and he ate. And their eyes were open, and they knew at that moment, they knew they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves a covering. And then they heard the sound of God walking in the garden. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God amongst the trees. And the Lord called to Adam, where are you? And Adam responded, I heard your voice. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And God said, who told you? Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? There's so many things in here. And the first and foremost is that when God created man, God breathed life into him. But the breath that he breathed into him and the life he deposited in him was in actuality the very life of God himself. So Adam was a container for the life of God. The same as we are when we're born again and the Spirit of the Lord comes to live in us. We are now vessels. We are containers of the Spirit, the presence, and the very life of God himself. This isn't an ordinary life. 
God created them in his image and with his life because God's intent was for man to live a life so similar to his. A life that would abound in life and blessings. There was no intent for sickness, disease, affliction, pain. It was God-like life. This was his creation, and he created them to live this wonderful life. How many of you are familiar with the term mini-me? Anybody know what a mini-me is? Yes, my little granddaughter. We, uh, when we, my daughter refers to Ansley, she calls her my mini-me. They look exactly alike. They talk alike. They act alike. Same attitudes. Hello. Come on now. So they, Ansley is a mini-me to my daughter. Well, God intended for us. He would like to look at you and go, look, there's a mini-me. He wanted us to live like him, act like him, walk like him, talk like him, be blessed like him, live in this vivacious, vibrant life. No sickness, no disease, no affliction, no infirmities. Do you hear me? That was never the intentions of God until along came the serpent. And he came to the woman and he deceived her how he used cunning logic, lies, and reasoning to convince her that the Word of God was not really true. When she said that the Lord, he said, surely not. I know God said if you'll eat of that tree, but surely not. Surely you will not die. Come on now. Let's be, oh, come. Let's be logical about this thing. You're not going to take a bite of that fruit and drop dead. Can't you just hear him with that cunning, silky voice bringing all these lies, deceits, and deceptions to her? Because you see, anytime we interject something like that into the Word of God, we negate the purity of the Word of God. The wholeness of the Word of God is broken by the interjection of a false word. And we are seeing that the same type, the same type of activity going on in the church today. Where people are saying, now I'm getting off track, but people are saying, surely this lifestyle, surely God does not object because God loves everybody, right? Come on now. Surely not that is an abomination for God. Surely it's okay. Are we hearing it in the church? We condemn the world. But y'all, the world's full of sinners. But the church is supposed to be full of mini-me's. God-like people who live like God, act like God, talk like God, believe like God. But the enemy is still interjecting cunning lies, deceits, and deceptions. And you'll notice even Eve herself, when the, when the uh, uh, serpent came to her and said, you know, surely, surely God didn't really, real, oh, come now. He didn't really mean you would, you know, eat of the fruit. And she said, oh, God said, surely if you eat of the tree. But look, Eve herself added to the word of God. She said that God said, if you even touch the tree, God never said that. She just added it. 
you know, I thought about that actually this morning. And I said, hmm, I wonder how many times Eve had walked past that tree and just wanted to touch it. What made her interject that? What made her want to take something different than what God had said and, and make it different? What was this selfish, self-directed behavior when God had given them one simple rule about one simple tree, don't eat of it and everything will be all right. That's the Velda translation. What was it in them that made them want to move above and beyond the knowledge that God had given them? Eat of this tree, it's full of life, you'll be okay. Eat of that tree and you shall surely die. But so something was going on inside of them that they would want to change the true meaning of God's Word. And I'm going to tell you what it is. It was a selfish desire to rely on their alleged superficial power that they could be independent from the rule, power, and authority of God Almighty. It was in there. And all the enemy had to do was help to pull it out. Same way that the enemy's doing us today. See, right at that moment, Adam and Eve, their desire shifted. It shifted away from obedience and adherence to the Word of God to being self-sufficient rather than God-dependent. Our society today, our church today, is shifting, shifting to being self-sufficient rather than God-dependent. We're watching it happen every day. Well, I don't have to, you know, that, uh, that, that Old Testament stuff, what's that got to do with me? Now we're saying the New Testament stuff. What's that got to do with me? Well, I'm going to tell you, God is an unchangeable God. And he does not change and his word does not change. But man is trying to change it. But their disobedience to the word of God brought something to them. It brought sin into the world. It brought guilt, condemnation, fear, and shame to God's greatest ever creation, mankind. And you and I have been reaping the repercussions ever since. Because the world became contaminated. They didn't get to stay in the garden, as you will recall. But they had come to recognize their sin. They recognized that they were no longer in that sweet fellowship that they had had with the Lord before their sinful act. And that's why they tried to cover their sin with some fig leaves. They were hiding from God covered up with some fig leaves, but God sees and knows everything. Nothing, nothing can be covered or hidden from God, and you need to understand that today. And so I don't care where you run, you can't run from God. I don't care where you hide, you can't hide from God, right? So when God comes walking into the garden and he says to Adam, Adam, where are you? The all-seeing, all-knowing God knew where Adam was. 
He was not asking Adam, where's your physical location? He was asking Adam, where is your spiritual position at this moment? That's all he was looking for. God is saying that to many of us today. Where are you? Where are you in your faith? Where are you in your trust? Where are you in your belief system? Do you believe that even today God is the same as he was yesterday? That he was once the healer, he is still the healer. He was once the deliverer, he is still the deliverer. He was once the all-powerful, all-sufficient one, and he is still the all-powerful, all-sufficient one. Where are you? And then God asked Adam this very profound question. Who told you? Who told you you were naked? Who told you to hide? Who told you these things? God may be asking some of you that same question today. Who told you there is no cure? Who told you there's no way to have a baby when they said you couldn't have a baby? Come on. Who told you that God uses sickness and disease and pain and affliction to teach people something? Come on. Who told you? It's coming out of the pulpits. It's coming out of the mouths of so-called Christian believers. You need to ask yourself, as God would ask you, who told you that? Who told you that, oh, it's okay? You know, you may not get your healing this side of heaven, but when you get to heaven, you're going to get healed. That's a lie. Y'all ought to see your faces. Oh, God, it's a lie. Yeah, because you see, there is no sickness in heaven. So you can't step across the precipices of heaven with sickness and disease on you. Honey, it's got to fall off of you before you get there. So why not go ahead and drop it off now and live and give God the glory? I tell people, God doesn't get the glory unless you live and tell the story. It's a decision. Why not get rid of it now? But the question comes back, who told you? You couldn't just decide to cast it off like a stained garment. Who told you that the stripes of Jesus were not sufficient to give you total, complete healing? Who told you that science and medicine had come along to replace God? And we don't need that religious nonsense anymore of believing in divine healing. Come on, who told you that? Because it's a lie straight from the pit of hell. But we try to blame it all on the devil. And it's not. He interjected the thought to question and challenge the Word of God. But man made the choice because God created us with free will. He should have known better. (laughs) 
And God said, if that's what you want to believe, and if that's what you want to think, you go right ahead, but you are going to pay the consequences. Hello. See, we're always looking for somebody to blame for our problems. You remember any of y'all in here old enough to remember Flip Wilson? (laughs) What? The devil made me do it. Okay. (laughs) Poor devil, he gets blamed for a lot of stuff he didn't do. Well, you know, (laughs) oh, and we like stuff that sounds so religious. Well, now, you know, God oftentimes uses sickness and disease to teach us something. Yeah, it teaches you you don't believe the Word of God. That's what it'll teach you. Why, when God has this precious holy Word that Jesus did three things, He went about teaching, preaching, and healing all that were sick, why would God turn around and make a mockery of what His Son did to please the Father by putting sickness and disease on you to teach you something when He can teach you through His Word? See, we just don't even stop to think about the stupidity. Can I say stupid in church? Thank you. (laughs) We just don't realize how stupid we sound because we make it sound religious. Well, now, you know Sister Susie. Oh, she's suffering for Jesus. Jesus doesn't need Sister Susie to suffer. Jesus needs Sister Susie to understand what he did and the price he paid for her healing and to get up and walk out the provision he has made for her. Over in Romans, it tells us that by the actions of one man, sin entered into the world. Romans chapter 5, one man's offense and sin entered into the world. There was no sickness. There was no disease. There was no affliction. There was no infirmity. There was no disabilities until sin entered the world and brought all of the consequences with it. But say, glory to God. God made the provision through his son Jesus, so that by the righteous act of one man, Jesus Christ, that sin's power could be broken. And we believe that for salvation, but we deny it for healing. How long did it take you to get saved once you made a decision? Come on now. To accept the Word of God. To accept that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. That if you would simply confess Him as Lord and Savior, your sins would be forgiven and you would receive salvation. Bam! Saved. You may not have looked saved, smelled saved, none of that. Acted saved. But glory to God, you were saved. What's the difference in that in healing? Healing does not take a long time. The problem is we're looking for a feeling. Well, I don't feel healed. Well, what, you wake up every day feeling saved? You ever woke up and thought, oh, dear Jesus, don't let it today be the day. Because <laughs> I know I'll bust hell wide open today. 
this kind of attitude I got going on, the way I behaved yesterday, when, oh, oh, you didn't kick the dog or smack the cat, I'm sure, but you thought about it. And as a man thinketh, so is he. Come on now, amen? But we just sit around and wait for a feeling to believe we've gotten our healing. But we'll take it that we're saved when we still smell bad, we're still spitting and chewing and guzzling. Come on now. Still hanging with some old folks you shouldn't be hanging with anymore, going places you shouldn't be going anymore. But we'll say, I've been saved. See, sometimes things have to work out. Everything is not instantaneous. It can be, but it isn't always. It becomes when you believe the Word of God more than you believe anyone else's Word. When they say, no hope, no cure, and you say, but God said, surely, surely, oh my goodness, we have to come to this place of believing God because when that sin came in and it brought sickness, disease, affliction, and infirmity, it brought death with it, both spiritual and physical death. But the Bible says over in 3 John, Jesus came to undo the works of the enemy. He undid the power and the hold of sin, sickness, disease, and death so we could walk free in the liberty of God Almighty. Shout glory to God. Over in Galatians chapter 3, I love this. And Paul says, oh, you foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you that you do not believe the truth? Come on. Bewitch means who's cast an evil spell on you? That question today may still be, who has bewitched you? Ephesians 5, 6 through 8 says, Don't be fooled by those who speak empty words and deceptive teachings. This brings God's anger. Don't listen to them or live like them. Your mission is to live as children of God should with his revelation. That's out of the Passion Translation, in case your Bible's not reading that way. Has man's religion, tradition, and theology overruled the pure, holy word of God in your life? When God said, I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee. When God said, I sent my word and healed them and delivered them. When God said, surely your health will spring forth. Come on. As the old saying goes, whose report will you believe? The word of God, the word of the enemy, or even the word of man. Who has bewitched us? Oh, you foolish Christians. Because like I said, I can't evaluate the world. We don't expect any better from them. But we sure do expect more of the church. We expect more of those who are blood-bought, blood-washed, spirit-filled. Come on. More is expected and required of you. But who has bewitched you and told you healing's not for today? Healing has passed away. Has told you. Who told you to pray 
if it be thy will. Oh, it sounds good. It sounds religious. But it's wrong. Jesus in the arena as he walked on the earth as a man. Hello. Never prayed for healing in terms of if it be thy will. He only prayed that in the Garden of Gethsemane. If it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. But we've made a religious theology and doctrine out of praying, if it be thy will, heal them. Well, I guess if it isn't their will, kill them. (laughs) Doesn't that equate? It equates in my mind. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, somebody's been having some severe back problems and a lot of back pain. The Lord said, if you'll believe right now, you can receive the healing from that back pain right now. Thank you, Lord. So here's my question. I like what Kenneth Copeland said. Kenneth Copeland said, Grandma taught it and we bought it. For us, we could say the church taught it and we bought it. So which are you now living by? The misinterpretations and traditions that have been passed down through generations robbing people of truth? Are you trying to live by the truth? That's my question to you. God is so good. He's so faithful. He goes so far beyond the ways of man. He's eternally good, eternally giving. His mercy endures forever. Through Jesus Christ and his shed blood, God made a better covenant with us. Come on. Allowing us once again to access of every promise, blessing, and benefit of God Almighty. Read Psalms 103, verses 1 through 5. Jesus was our mediator. Jesus was our facilitator. Jesus was the arbitrator of our covenant that brings us into that assurance of blessed living with God. Jesus told us the enemy only comes to steal, kill, and destroy John 10, 10. He never said that was of the Father. But somebody will say, well, surely not. (laughs) You know, God may have put that cancer on you to teach you something. I told them, the training team yesterday, this is the one that irks me the most. We have a precious little one that dies and some unknowing idiot says... Well, I guess God just needed another little angel in heaven. What kind of a God do you serve that would bring heartbreak and tragedy so he could have another angel? Well, here's the real kicker. You don't go to heaven and become an angel. Oh, I just spoiled some of y'all's whole week. I'm not going to be an angel. I'm not going to get it to float around on a cloud with little wings and play a harp all day. No. Angels are created beings. They are a species all to their own that God himself created. He made as many of them as he wanted or needed. And if he wants or needs some more glory to God, he can make them. He don't need to take your loved one to get another one. He don't need to take them to have another rose in his garden because the flowers in heaven never die. 
There is no sickness in heaven. There is no death in heaven. There is eternal life in heaven. See, Jesus paid that price. He paid the ransom for us. Adam was put in the garden to tend it, and Eve was to help him. See, this is how they were to tend the garden. My time is up. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Jesus, help me. Or as my next-door neighbor used to say, hope me, Jesus, hope me. Well, that's where I am. But he was to use the Word of God to declare blessings, to issue commands, and make proclamations over the garden. He was responsible for keeping evil out. If Adam had been doing his job, the serpent would have never gotten in. Man failed and then succumbed to the wiles of the enemy. That's why we have to guard ourselves so through the power and authority of the word, the blood, and the name. The three most powerful tools on the face of the earth for man's use. The word, the blood, and the name of Jesus. See, Adam was created outside of the garden. Did you read it? God created him and then placed him in the garden. So he knew there was a world out there that was different from this blessed place he had been set in to tend and garden and keep. A place where he would fellowship with God when God would come walk in the cool of the evening with them. And he let it go. Was it through distractions? Was it through complacency? Was it through deception? I don't know. But maybe one day we'll get to ask that question. I don't know. All I know is God created you. And he set you in a garden called his church body, the body of Christ. And he expects you to guard, protect, and keep it through the word, the blood, and the name of Jesus. And anything that comes against the truth of the word of God, when anything looks too enticing and appealing, like that tree of knowledge of good and evil, anything that entices you to bring mixture of beliefs, Remember, that happened to Israel. They started believing the things that the heathens believed. And God was angered with them and put them out of his sight. Y'all, we have a lot of mixture going on. Well, surely, oh, come on now. Surely, Jesus isn't the only way. Come on. Surely, this lifestyle is acceptable. Surely, to kill a little baby in its mother's womb. I've gone to meddling. I apologize. Surely it's okay because it's an inconvenience. Y'all, that's mixture. And we're bringing it into the church. And these pastors can testify it's being propelled from the pulpits as fast as it can go. And somebody going to pay a price one day. But in the meantime... Can we be different? Can we hold on to the truth and the validity of God's word? You know, something really struck me with this, who told you? And surely you shall not die. Surely is an important word. So let's go to Isaiah 
chapter 53. While you're turning there, I'm going to read you Colossians 2, chapter 2, verse 2. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy, vain deceptions, traditions of men, after rudiments, undeveloped, imperfect form of the world, and not after Christ. God, be aware. Be aware of who and what you're listening to. If it doesn't line up perfectly with the word of God, please reject it. And that applies to the arena of healing, too. Somebody, you've been having a lot of pain in your knee. If you'll begin to move your knee, you'll see that pain's leaving you. Just begin. How's it doing? Doing good. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Do you find Isaiah 53? How does it start? What's the first word? Surely. In my Bible. Surely. Yours may say truly or surely. Mm-hmm. In verse 4. Yeah, Isaiah 53, verse 4. Surely. Surely. Let's say it that word together. Surely. He hath what? Born or carried our griefs, that's our pains. Carried our sorrows, that's our sicknesses. And yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace, that word is shalom. Nothing broken, nothing missing, nothing lacking was upon him. And I'm going to take the liberty to interject right here. And surely by his stripes we are healed. My goodness. Do you understand that right here the Lord took back the legal right? It was stolen in the garden by the thief. When he said, oh, surely not. God took back that legal right to proclaim, surely, by the stripes of Jesus Christ, you are healed in his holy name. Amen? Amen. That helped somebody today? Glory. Did you learn something today? Praise God. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. Now